Each day we get hundreds of questions from our clients and other small and mid-sized business owners about some of the most common HR issues. We figured if they have those questions, you might too. Let's provide a lifeline and share our answers to some of the most common scenarios. This is HR Rescue with your host, Jenny Stone. Here we go! Company culture is unique to every organization. Now more so than ever, employees are putting an emphasis on an organization's culture and values when determining whether or not to work for a company over just compensation. Does the company care about the community and give back? Is it a team-oriented environment where they are open to collaboration and able to express their opinions? In this episode, we share another podcast with you from host Katie Kromitsos, creator of Biz Women Rock podcast. Biz Women Rock is a community and education provider for ambitious women entrepreneurs who want to grow a purposeful, productive, and profitable business. In this podcast, Katie interviews Patrick Morades, co-founder of HR Shield, where they discuss how to build award-winning team culture, and we hope you all enjoy. There aren't many men that make it into the featured spotlight of the Biz Women Rock podcast interviews. Not because I don't think there are incredible men out there doing great work, but because I'm just so damn committed to spotlighting kick-ass women entrepreneurs. But I decided to make an exception for my good friend, Patrick Moriades. I've known Patrick since 2010 when he, my husband, Chris, our friend, Mark, and I used to gather in our own local mastermind every month and help each other build our businesses. Those were the early years for all of us. And the reason I'm having Patrick come on the show is because I have been immensely impressed by what I've witnessed him build over all these years. Patrick is the co-owner of Access Group, an agency for professional employer organizations, PEOs. They utilize independent agents to provide businesses with a single resource for hard-to-place workers' compensation coverage, risk management services, human resource solutions, and payroll administration. But that's not the sexy part. (laughs) The sexy part is that Patrick and his team recently won the Most Philanthropic Company of the Year Award, and it is 100% due to the culture that he and his business partner, Ryan, have established well before they hired their very first employee. During this conversation, Patrick opens up about how they established their mission and culture early on and the tool they use to standardize their cultural values every single day in the workplace. He goes over how he hires and how he establishes a feeling of employee belonging, growth, and giving back to the community. If you are growing your team, this episode is a must listen. So sit back and enjoy my conversation with Patrick Moriades. Patrick Moriades, I cannot tell you how excited I am to have you here on the show. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Like I said, <laughs> so humbled and honored to be a part of the Biz Women Rock Show. <laughs> <laughs> you are I proof. A male. <laughs> I know you are proof that I have incredible men on this show as well. Because while I absolutely have a fire in me to always shine the light on really awesome ladies, like uh, there are men that I know who are doing incredible things and you know, gender doesn't matter. Like it's really amazing stuff that I know can really impact every single woman who's listening. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I have had the pleasure of knowing you since, oh my gosh, 2009, 2010. How long ago was that? 
We're breaching 10 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So long time. And how fast has it gone by? That's the crazy thing. In a blink of an eye. In the blink of an eye. So I met Patrick within our local business association. And I remember back then, me, you, and Chris, my husband, meeting up and talking about like what we wanted to create for our businesses. And I have watched you over all of these years create an incredible company that is making such a difference, not only in the customers that you get to serve, but most especially in the employees who are part of your team, the community at large who gets to benefit from you being there. And I've watched you be the leader in it, which has just been so amazing to watch. I would love for you, before we get into the conversation about team culture, which is really what I would love to have the conversation about. I would love for you to just do a quick explanation of what your business actually is so that everyone listening can kind of have a concept of what your business model is. Sure. No, happy to do so. And truth be told, back then, it was working out of the spare bedroom of the house, using the center club as the central meeting place. (laughs) (laughs) Like, let's not meet at my office. Let's just meet here because we can have one. Right, been there, done that, yep. Not really wanting to to showcase we didn't have uh, any type of brick and mortar. And it was really just me and my business partner half the time working out of our boxers, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I told Patrick before, I was like, dude, you are lucky. I am actually dressed up today and not in my jammies at this point. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So yeah, those were the days. Now we have some infrastructure, but it's taken 10 years, right? You know, it takes time, commitment, and patience to get there. But essentially, as we've progressed over the years, thankfully, we were small and due to it going through a recession, we were nimble enough to be able to kind of change and maneuver. And then having associates with with you and Chris and other people in the local community to help kind of guide and mentor down certain paths and directions when you don't really have that board of advisors, you have to as a two-person company, you have to rely on your other entrepreneurs for some that have been through it. But where we stand today, when you met us, we were firm consulting group, which was a cost containment and expense reduction company. And we've repositioned ourselves over the years where now firm consulting has become our holding company. When we were delivering the cost containment through a number of different, probably 20 different line items on a P&L we would look at. I mean, at the time in the recession, we were kissing every frog just to bring revenue in the door. You may remember me talking about, oh, let me look at telecom bills and let me look at merchant bills. And we were looking at anything. Well, we finally, through that process of going through that, we narrowed the scope down from about 20 different services to three services, and then ultimately putting the focus in on the human capital space when we made an acquisition in 2012. So in 2012, we purchased a company called the Access Group, which is a employee leasing or PEO. It's pretty predominant in the Florida marketplace. It's an acronym that a lot of people in Florida would know. It's only 6% market penetration nationally. So a lot of other markets aren't familiar with the concept. So we purchased that company in 2012 so we could be singular focused on employee leasing, which handles payroll, HR, and workers' comp for other small to mid-sized companies. Got it. So companies can sort of outsource all of that stuff to you as a company who handles it like all in one, basically. Exactly. So we represent 100 PEOs slash employee leasing companies across the country. So we help identify which is the best one for that business owner. So in terms of navigating through the process alone... We go ahead and identify that and make the placement on their behalf at no cost to the client. Beautiful. Love that. 
we get paid from the leasing company. Got it. And then you have HR Shield as well. And then we have HR Shield as well. We spun that off because we found there's just working with these small to mid-sized companies, we found that there was a need for HR. And in some cases, it wasn't being delivered by our vendor in a manner in which the client needed. They needed something more hands-on. So we spun off a company called HR Shield. And now that does act as a private label HR company for other payroll, employee leasing, and staffing companies. But then we also provide it directly to the business consumer. So it's an HR portal, as well as an HR hotline for any of your HR questions that just come up in any small business from John Doe was a no-call, no-show today, and I, I want to terminate him. Well, our certified licensed HR people walk you through the process and make sure that you have appropriate documentation so you can facilitate something without getting yourself into harm's way. Got it. Love that. I wanted you to explain that because it's a good setup for people to understand exactly what you do. How big is your team now, present day? So present day, we have 12 employees today. Okay, gotcha. In 2017, so as of the time of this recording, we're about three months into 2018. So not so long ago, your company won the Benefactor of the Year Award from the local Tampa Bay Business Journal, which is an incredibly prestigious award. It basically means that you were the most philanthropic company within you know your company size and all that sort of stuff, which is saying a lot. And I know that winning that award is simply a byproduct of the team that you've built, which is a byproduct of the culture that you have created. So first and foremost, can you talk a little bit about what that award really meant to you and what you really discovered as you were applying to win that? We were in complete shock. It was such a humbling, gratifying experience to go through. The process of applying once you're nominated, going through the application and submitting how many hours you volunteer, how many hours your team volunteers, what type of internal structure do you have around promotion of community and giving back? And then from an economic standpoint, a hard dollar, how much fiscally, how much did you give back? So all of that is weighted into the application. It wasn't it went, until we went through that exercise that we we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, we were just thrown off guard by the amount of time and hours. In a positive way, we were just very proud that we've been able to build a profitable company and still be able to contribute to our community in the manner in which we did. Like that was the takeaway. I love it. And as much as that surprised you, and like, oh my gosh, we've spent this many hours and we've donated this much financially to the community, that in and of itself didn't happen by accident. When you and I were just chatting before I hit record, you were like, I, I already saw this. I already saw this. This was on my vision board. I knew what this was going to be. Talk a little bit about what you thought of all those years ago before you hired your very first person. Like, what kind of state of mind were you in and what were you thinking about in order to build the company that then? wins Benefactor of the Year Award that establishes a culture. This comes from another person, a friend of ours in our mutual network. So this this all started with my relationship with Jason Karras. That's where I was really first introduced to vision boarding and the power of that, right? When you actually take the time to write your goals and not only write them down and make them time bound, right? Because that's the other important component. Otherwise, it's just a wish. But putting them, putting the imagery to paper. And so that was something we manifested from the very beginning that for me personally, that 
I wanted to build an organization that cared about its employees and cared about its staff. That's essentially why we started our company to begin with. Like our whole story began because of how we saw employees being treated. I was working for a corporate bank right before the recession and I was on the sales side. I was fortunate to be the top salesperson in the country. So they they said, look, you get to stay. But today we're laying off these 200 people, but you have to figure out where you're going to live. Just seeing that mistreatment of those employees, they were sent home. There was no type of compensation package or severance package for them. They had put their blood, sweat, and tears into that company for years. And there was no remorse by the company at all for what was taking place. And just seeing how some of them were, they were treated, that is what kind of spirited the formation of our company back in March of 2017. And it was with the purpose of, we want to be in the position to create jobs and treat people the right way and not go through, not witness that experience again. So it started there and then it was later applied through, okay, well, we want to be a best place to work. We want to be a philanthropic foundation piece or example in the community. So... What did that look like in practicality? Like, it's great to come up with a vision board. Like what I am thinking of in my head is sort of like, okay, you came up with foundational things that are important to us. Like we really want this to be a place where people can excel. And it's it feels like a family. Like I feel like I'm doing purposeful work and that we give back to the community. We're integrated in the community. But like, where does that hit like reality? Like what kind of practical things did you do to then build that? So, I mean, yeah, that's an excellent question, right? Because in a lot of ways, we're like, man, we have a disadvantage. We're a small company. So how can we recruit the top talent being a small employer where everyone else is going to be looking to the big players around town to go work for? So we came up with an acronym that spoke to that. And it's, what's the catch? So like, as in, what's the catch? Why would I want to work for such a small company. And CATCH was an acronym and really the foundation piece for our corporate values and guiding principles. And each letter stands for something. And we started off with the first C being community first. So we had community, attitude, team, communication, and honesty. And we have a paraphrase for each that I'll share with you or email over to you so you can check it out. And that was the foundational piece and manner in which we hire and fire. So every initial interview on the phone, we go through what's the catch. And this is our non-negotiable. So if you can't live by these principles in our office and in your daily life, it's not going to be a fit. And if it's not a fit for you, that's okay. We're not going to fault you for it. Like, that's just we wouldn't expect you to fault us for having these values. And we'll just part ways now and I'll connect you to someone else in my network that you may have a better opportunity with because you know this doesn't apply for you. So leading with that has enabled us to build the culture that we have today. I love it. So having these core beliefs, the core values show up in this very... I love that. It's very like digestible. It's yeah. It's powerful. And we wanted to make it something that was memorable. So it's something that everyone in the office knows. Everyone knows catch. They know they can recite each letter, what it means and what it means to them. That's what's important. It bleeds throughout. So if catch is the mission statement of your company, how do you put that in action? I really would love to hear like how you have instituted culture within your team. I mean, it's 
funny that we're talking today. So Wednesday, the entire company is volunteering at Trinity Cafe. So we're feeding the homeless together, which also happens to be March 14th, which is the day that Michelle was diagnosed with her brain tumor, which is you know my business partner's deceased wife. And she played a role in helping me develop, you know, developing these principles. So it makes it even more meaningful. That's a meaningful day. So it's nice that we can go out into the community. But it's things like that. So that we're a consistent member of our volunteer group at Trinity. We're there at least once a month feeding the homeless together as a team. So it's things like that. It's other little things too, like taking the time to know your employees and what's important to them and supporting their missions or their visions or their things that are important to them from whether it be we have a gentleman here that loves music. So we'll go out, we'll support his music efforts. And so anything that people are passionate about, we try to get behind and support. And that's how we kind of foster that. I love that because it makes your workplace more than just the nine to five, right? Like, I don't want to just leave here and then I'm done. I never see these people again until tomorrow morning. Like, I would imagine your team members are very much friends outside of the office. They have developed relationships with each other over the years and they're a part of each other's lives. 100%. Yeah. And they enjoy supporting one another. They enjoy going to see Jay play or Cleet in our office is heavily involved with youth soccer. So going to see games or whatever someone has going on, we try to get behind and support. So it's very much goes beyond just the office. So I would imagine in this, like you sort of in developing an office culture, you know, most everyone that I've ever talked to who like really believes heavily in this communicates to me that there is some sort of a balance to be had or some sort of thing to maneuver and coordinate call. How are we really productive with doing our business? And then also how do we have fun and be goofy or you know spend the time out of the office volunteering like how do we manage all of that what have you learned over all these years on how and maybe some practical advice to the woman listening who's building her team right now on how she can get the most out of her team members in the sense that they are really lending their gifts to the productivity of their business and the output of their business and also feeling like it's not just work 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 yeah it, i mean that's a great question cuz it can be a slippery slope right when you're integrate outside activity and inside activity and now you're waffling on friendship yeah. <laughs> um, so there just has to be a clear line between accountability and expectation and the expectation of the individual's role has to be set from the front for they're integrated into the culture and then you have to hold them accountable to that expectation i think that is because the, the whole team here knows what the expectations are of each role. So they, they get behind and support and rally. And we hold each other accountable to those, to those particular goals because it is a true team. Everyone, it's like handing a baton off from, uh, and everyone needs to play a, a significant role in that process and support one another through it. So I'm curious to know how you have handled the role of leader and how you and Ryan, your business partner, have handled the role of leader as you you yourselves have sort of developed this team and are developing yourselves as leaders, it's sort of like a lot of us... I will speak for me. And then you can identify if you want to. But I can get in the mode of thinking, I have to be this perfect leader for my team. 
in order for me to properly build a team. I have to be the one who knows it all. And I'm always doing the right thing. And I'm always delegating appropriately and giving them the perfect timeline of what to do or expectations of what to do. And the truth of the matter is, it's not that clean. And so how have you... And how would you recommend that somebody can grow as a leader and establish really great leadership for your growing team and simultaneously be okay with it not being perfect and constantly evolving it in how you're doing it. Right. For me, that's the agent catch. It's being honest with the team and letting them know you don't have all the answers. It's, it's funny to use that word leader because you know, I don't really view myself as... It's, it's hard to see myself in that position. I know it comes with the title per se, but we really interact in such a, a manner in which there's complete transparency and openness amongst the group. And we want the feedback and ideas. We want an open door policy because we want to get better. And so being a, a having that closed door is not going to get you to the level what you want to get. And I work for them just as much as they work for me. That's the way we kind of look at it because this was created with the mindset of creating an environment that is better than uh, anywhere else. So we have to work as a leadership team hard at creating that environment being open to them. It's impossible for your personal life not to come into the office. And it's impossible for what happens here not to go home. And so when I say open door, I mean open door to that. I know a lot about what's going on with my staff's personal life. So I'm, I'm empathetic to what, what they're going through and what they're dealing with and supportive where I need to be supportive. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that we've dealt with as an organization. I just love that because I think that it's that imperfect walk from what I see. It's that you empower people to make that walk with you. I'd love to get some real hard details on like some tools you use, like ways that you organize your team, ways that you kind of communicate with your team. For example, do you have a team meeting on a regular basis? And if so, what does that look like? What are the structures? What are your intentions for that? Do you have a tool that you guys use to communicate on a regular basis? Give us a little bit of an insight on that because I think that stuff can sort of be catchy for a lot of people. Like, how am I supposed to properly communicate? What's a way that streamlines communication so we're not spending all of our days being in meetings after meetings after meetings, but we're actually getting stuff done in accordance to what the culture of the whole team environment is. So talk a little bit about how you work that. We have a Monday morning meeting to kick off the week every week. So it's 9.30, gives everyone a chance to come in, especially if they're rolling in a little late from a weekend fun or Florida sun. So we, we get started at 9.30. Everyone's got their first cup of coffee in them, hopefully. And that's how we kind of kick off the week. And we talk about, all right, what did we accomplish last week? Who needs support on what going forward this week? Where are we going to win this week? And did we win last week, right? So we cover those, we cover those important items. And we started doing this a couple months ago, which has really caught on. Instead of just wrapping up right a meeting and just like closing it out we finish off with tell me something good i think there's a radio show that does something similar so we sing it we're like tell me something good (laughs) yeah so so that's how we close out our meeting and it's attitude and gratitude right that's how we really want to position the week for everybody and then we have one-on-ones. Sales leader meets with the salespeople one-on-one, and then same on the operation side. And that's where we get that personalized touch and better understanding of, hey, is everything all right? You seem a little off today. Is there anything you want to talk about? 
Yeah, I do. I'm glad you brought it up. My grandmother's in the hospital. Okay, let's address that. Do you need to go home and take a half day? Do you need to just decompress, unplug for a minute? Because it can be a distraction. And maybe something as simple as that and a reset puts them back on track for tomorrow. Then they're able to accomplish the task at hand instead of potentially be a distraction because we're such a small company, depending upon the size of organizations your viewers are, if they're small like us and growing, one person that is emotionally off and their energy is off because something is happening to them personally, you feel it. Like the whole company feels it. So you want to address that head on and put them in a position to be able to reset and deal and cope with what's going on. And then that way it doesn't adversely impact everyone else. So yeah. that's kind of how we address the weekly meetings and one-on-ones. That's the most important communication is verbal because with text messaging and emails, tone can be inferred and misread. And next thing you know, you're going sideways on something that didn't need to go sideways. Right. Are you doing a regular check-in on kind of what your vision is and what it continues to evolve into? And if so, what does that look like for you? If you really learned that lesson from Jason all those years ago to create the vision board and be able to see it coming, what does that visioning look like for you now? So humans are creatures of habit, right? So I'm pretty habitual. (laughs) So January 1st, every year I wake up and I go to a quiet place. It's usually the beach. This year was quite chilly. (laughs) Very. (laughs) You're in your jacket on the beach. Uh, I was. I was bundled up. But I like to go to a place at peace. I always find calmness and peace on being on or around the water. And that's where I start the process of the goal setting for the year. And then the reflection and check-in is constant. That's a monthly thing. But the initial goals, those are what manifest to the vision, the board itself. So it's taking those and then bringing them to imagery on paper. So it's combined business and personal things that I would like to aspire to achieve throughout the year. One of the things that Jason started implementing that I also that I took from him is writing a letter to yourself and dating it for January 1st, 2019, but writing it in the mindset of, I had the most epic year of my life and going at it that way. And just, you're a writer. So this is something that you, I'm sure you would be all over. Yeah. I call it writing into the future. Like pick a date and write as if it's that date and go, go just write. Go there. Right. So I'm not as gifted as you are at writing, but that's something that is just a fun exercise because it allows you to dream and imagine and believe that that can become your reality. So it starts there, January 1, and then it's measured and managed throughout the year. I love that. What would you say is your biggest challenge right now when it comes to continuing to deepen the connection between your team members to really push forward with the agenda of catch the whole agenda of your team culture, especially as you guys continue to grow. What would you say is your biggest challenge right now? Selecting the next hire. Right. So we want to bring in a couple more people to the organization. And when you're small like this and the group has been together for so long, it's almost like you're a little click or a little club and <laughs> everyone here already knows catch. But the, the team embraces new hires. But I think that's one of the biggest challenges is identifying the next person to bring in because the wrong hire can just derail so much and can be so catastrophic when you're such a small company. If you're a big company, you know, and you've got hundreds of employees, 
one or two bad hires can be absorbed amongst the group. But when you're talking 12 people and you hire two and that's 20%, that's a big deal. So that's the biggest challenge is identifying the right fit. So in addition to catch and really having that conversation at the front end, any tips that you could give to women building their team about how to make that right decision, like how to attract that best hire, how to make sure that you're asking the right questions that's going to give you the clear vision on is this the right person or is it not? That's a great question. Being purposeful with your own intention and really being truthful to yourself of knowing what you want to build. I think there's a fascination with people wanting to build these huge companies and this is what I want. But being honest with yourself of what do you really want for yourself? Because it may be appropriate just to have a team of two or three and knowing what your vision really is. That makes it a whole lot easier. So told Stephen Covey teachings, right? Begin with the end in mind. So start there. That makes the entire process easier. And then knowing what your personal values and, and non-negotiables are and letting the potential hire know right from the beginning, they'll weed themselves out. You let them know that this is what you stand for. If they don't fit that, I can't tell you how many phone interviews I've done where they're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'll get back to you. Never hear from them again. <laughs> never hear from them again. They're like, wow, they're going to hold me to having a good attitude and being a team player and communicating and being honest. And I have to volunteer. No, it's not. I'm not signing up for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that just knowing what it is that the type of culture you want to have and just being deliberate with it in the beginning that weeds through a lot of people. And then our most successful people or the most successful hires have come from a referral. So you have a person already on your team, leverage their network or leverage your personal network and put it out there. Hey, this is a type of caliber person I'm looking for. This is the type of skill set I'm looking for. Who do you know? Because getting a direct referral of someone that has already interacted and can give you some insight on that person beforehand of, hey, here's some of their strengths. Here's some of their weaknesses. That way you've got a little bit of flavor going into it instead of just relying on a resume and an initial phone interview. We take a very long time to hire. We go through a very extensive interview process where phone interview first, then I meet with them personally, then they meet with my two partners. If they check all those boxes, then they meet with the team. And we usually drag this out over a couple months. Wow. And, and we love the individual know from the beginning that this is a long process for us. So if they're under a timetable where they've lost a job and are trying to pick up something quick, that this isn't going to be that type of process. It goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier about us being so small. We have to be very conscious of who we bring in to the organization that makes sure they fit the culture because it could be so detrimental. Right. Here's what I love most about what you're saying. The heart of everything you're saying is just right in line with the heart of what I believe that my ultimate message is to the world and most especially to businesses is that the answers for everything that you want to build all start here. They all start with you. And so even something as basic as like, Oh, let me create the business plan or Oh, let me create a marketing plan or Oh, let me create the job descriptions of who I need to hire. Like 
literally all of all of that stuff is merely a byproduct of what it is you really want and what's important for you and what your vision is and your intentions behind why you're showing up to build this business in the first place and this is just such a great example of how that ends up showing up and how being very clear on yourself and what you really want to create with your company and amongst your team members taking the time to do that work which is not a lot of time by the way like really just stopping to take that time to get really clear on that just reap so many benefits on the other end of that because now your actions are purposeful your conversations are purposeful how you're showing up to manage a team and build a team and establish really great team culture just becomes kind of like the benefit that happens because of all of that stuff. Not to say that it's not the work in between there to figure it out to do it, but it's like you always know why you're showing up and you have that intention and it's connected to that ultimate vision, right? So... Totally. No, that's spot on 100%. It all starts within you. Listening to you kind of summarize and talk about all that, it's just like we were saying earlier, it's impossible for the employees not to bring personal life into the work. That also applies to the leader. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So having the established principles in that open door environment, they feel when you're off too. And you got to know when to check yourself. That too takes practice of being like, you know what, maybe we should take a half day because I need a half day (laughs) because I have shit going on in my personal life that I need to deal with. The last four years here have been a challenge would be an understatement, but it's life. And it was the cards that we were dealt. They were totally out of our control. You know, never, never will we guess that my, that Ryan's 27 year old wife would get a brain tumor. Two years later, two year battle, her passing away, dealing with trying to integrate him back into the business, deal with the emotions of that. Six months after that, then my dad, his partner, her daughter getting a rare form of leukemia where there's 500 diagnoses a year and a 50% survival rate. But that's reality. Those are the cards that were dealt. So how do you not bring those personal emotions inside the office and it not ripple effect and impact people? But if you have no foundation, you're done. You know, have to have some sort of basis of communications in place to where you can bounce back. And just take it on day by day and keep on figuring it out. Right. I love that. Patrick, I feel like you and I could talk for another five hours (laughs) about this. (laughs) I think this is like equal parts strategy and practical thing and equal parts philosophy about really the purpose of what you're building a business for and from the vantage point of building a team and allowing that team experience not just to benefit your business but ultimately to benefit and impact the lives of the folks who are working with you and helping create what you're doing out there in the world. It's amazing. And I know so many of the women listening who are really doing their best to build very purposeful companies that are through which they are living a purpose and impacting folks and wanting to simultaneously do that as they build their team so their team members can have a part in that purpose. By no stretch of the imagination, it's a lot to handle. (laughs) It is. It's a lot. And you you absorb that stress when you got to meet payroll and you've got employees that are counting on you because they have a family and they have children. Everyone that is aspiring or is a business owner or an entrepreneur, it's not cut out for everybody. And the ones that are there going after it, I mean, you should be proud of yourself because it's not easy. Because if it was easy, everyone would be sitting in your seat. (laughs) And it's not easy. But you keep on showing up day in and day out. 
figuring it out, very willing to be imperfect, hands raised, both all of my hands and my feet raised right now, and just willing to figure it out. And I'll be the first to say with my team, I am absolutely not perfect as I've been building my team this past year. And there have been one too many conversations to my right-hand lady where I'm just like, dude, I'm sucking this week. I'm just wanting to let you know, like it's just not there. And she's thankfully, you know, I get a lot of grace from her, but she's on board with the large mission of what we're here to do. And that honesty is appreciated though. Totally. Totally. That's a great example of just calling your own bullshit out. (laughs) And not sitting here and trying to pretend that I know what I'm doing all the time, which is not... I didn't always have that, by the way. Back in my early years of business in our local company, like I just was trying to be what I thought a manager should be, what a leader should be in the company. And for better or for worse, it was what it was. But it's just all a part of the whole journey, which is ultimately what this entire show, what this entire movement of Biz Women Rock is all about. Just doing what you can, showing up, making the tweaks so that the entire journey is really honored. And ultimately, it's joyful. So I really just want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, being so open to sharing about how you work things in your company and how you really did that very intentionally. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so humbled and honored. And I'm so proud of you. Just to see, <laughs> I mean, uh, again, we could probably talk for hours and catch up on so much stuff, but just going back to some of those days at the business center, meetings in the corner table, talking about the aspirations we had as solopreneurs really and to see how far things have progressed is just a delight and it's fun to watch and happy to be a part of this and happy to watch you well thank you patrick i appreciate it thank you for joining us for this episode of the hr rescue podcast make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review the hr rescue podcast is made possible by hr shield the firm consulting group of tampa and your host jenny stone This podcast was recorded in Tampa, Florida and Greenville, South Carolina, and was produced by Lonnie West at LRW Media Studios. Find us in your favorite podcast app or online at hr-rescue.com.